It's uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn today. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Vince Vaughn's in a little hot hot water with the left. Um, Very disappointed in him. Man, oh my! I don't know how he could do this, but we'll tell you about that coming up in sixty seconds. Pat and Stu, uh, you can listen to my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, immediately preceding this one on the Blaze Radio and TV Network, uh, and then anytime uh, in podcast form. And don't forget to get uh, the YouTube page as well. Yes, Subscribe please. there, and you can get uh, the mm-hmm. show uh, and watch it there every day, which is pretty cool. Plus, Stu's new show, Stu Does America. Yes, going to be launching. Uh, soon, uh, first content comes out next week, and then February 4th, it's going to be a daily show, five days a week for an hour. Uh, we'd love for you to tune in. You can check it out on YouTube for free every day or on podcast, wherever you get your podcast for free. Please go and subscribe. I encourage you to do so. It would mean a lot to the children of our world. <laughs> and the children in your house right. as well. And, and mainly it, the children in my house. Yeah. Uh, who want, apparently but they're in the world. Yes, yeah, so they're in the, in the world. <clears throat> yeah, so. uh, you get all the links at stewdoesamerica.com. And uh, make sure you go to uh, YouTube and subscribe to uh, that. And also, Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, they had the national championship, the college national championship last night, uh, which, as everybody knew, was going to happen. It was won by LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did seem pretty clear, although yeah. it was a little bit in doubt in the first half. A little bit. Mm-hmm. And they got they got somewhat close in the third quarter, too. Um, but in the end, it was uh, 42-25 LSU over Clemson, which I think is an, a little bit of a refreshing change. I'm you know, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Clemson, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Clemson. A little different last night. A little bit different. It still had Clemson, which I'm a little tired. Of, I'm almost as tired of Clemson as I am Alabama. <laughs> I'm just about there. I'm not quite there, but, uh, you know, it was, I mean, that LSU team is one of the greatest college teams of all time. I think so. They're I mean, really uh, good. set really, all sorts really of records, good. undefeated, pretty much blew everybody out. It's a, it's a remarkable story. Attending the game last night was uh, Donald J. Trump and his wife, Melania, and sitting next to them. Oh, my gosh. I mean. So disappointing. Right next to them. Talking to them. Talking. The mouth. Actually touched them. (gasps) Touched them both. Shook hands with each of them. Oh, my gosh. Actor Vince Vaughn. Oh, jeez. What a disappointment. Oh, what a horrible person. How could you do that? How could you talk to the president of the United States? Yeah. This this went viral yesterday because someone posted it on Twitter. A left, uh, someone on the left, and said, "I, you know, I, I, I'm very sorry to have to share this clip with you, like to say, like now you have to hate Vince Vaughn, and I know you liked right. him before, but now you have to hate him because obviously he's talking to Donald Trump, which makes him a bad person, and now you can't watch his movies anymore. <laughs> like that is legitimately the tone right. of the way the left handled this. Yeah, so ridiculous. And I just don't understand that. I mean, I, you know, I." And maybe it's because we've been on the wrong side of this for so long in that almost every single person in Hollywood, in entertainment, Mm -hmm. is far, far left. And they all go perform for Democratic candidates. They all have their music used by Democratic candidates. They all Mm -hmm. show up at Barack Obama's White House. They all come out in ads for socialized medicine and... Um, you know, mm-hmm. rich people are evil, despite the fact that they are them. And uh, guns, you shouldn't have them. You're not responsible enough. And you shouldn't drive that SUV. You're a bad person. Let me get way, my motorcade. Killing babies is not a problem. Yeah. In fact, it's desirable. It's desirable. And if you don't allow people to kill babies, then you're a terrible person. Mm-hmm. We're so used to that with every celebrity that, I mean, I don't even price it in. Like, I go to a movie, and at, at no real point do I 
uh, do I factor in whether the person has a left or right leaning politics? It's like it's just not something I consider, with the possible exception of some people who are so in your face about it that it's yeah. hard to separate them from the characters they're playing. Robert you know? De Niro is like that for me. De Niro's getting there. Um, you know, uh, Martin Alec Sheen, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Barbara Streisand. Jim Carrey uh, has gotten to that point for me. Yeah, you know, and and, and so <laughs> there are certain there's a certain level of activism. That gets so in your face. It's just tiring, and you no longer see the person as the person they're playing. You only see them as some left-wing activist that's in your face trying to give you a message. Right. And that's a different line than the average celebrity who certainly votes, probably 95% of them vote uh, Democrat. But at least you can kind of brush it off. With the, the, the left is not used to that, that arrangement. No. If you not. come out and you publicly are – and, and there's no indication, by the way, that, that – uh, that Vince Vaughn was supporting Donald Trump. He was just speaking to the man. Right. Just speaking to the man in a friendly fashion. Now he probably does support Donald Trump, as we know. But well, I don't know that a lot of people put him in that category. Yeah, I, I mean... That if he I, might lean Republican or it was libertarian. Surprising. I remember when I heard it, it was it was surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, but Vince Vaughn is really more of a Ron Paul, Rand yeah, Paul type of guy than a yes. Donald Trump guy. Now, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I haven't heard much about his politics recently. But if it came to Trump or Hillary or Trump he or would Biden, like, right. I think he's going Trump. Given the choice, he's going he's gonna to lean Republican. Yeah. Though it, he's not exactly the same brand of Republican that you'd necessarily associate with Donald Trump. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he is much more of a, a libertarian-leaning guy guy though again he's not he has not made politics so in your face uh, uh, as a part not at all of his his, right. his day-to-day life he does he's an he's an actual person an individual that supports politicians just like everybody does however he doesn't make it your you know his business to, to put it in your face all the time mm-hmm. the fact that he can't have a polite conversation amazing with the, not not even just some random candidate the president of the united states I mean, it uh-huh. used to be that that was sort of expected. You'd at least have positive interactions with a president, even if you didn't like them. And now we're at that point where it's mm-hmm. trendy to just not show up to the Oval Office. And, and you see that occasionally um, from time to time over the years. I remember there was a guy on uh, the Boston Bruins who was a Republican and did not go to see Barack Obama. Right, but won. those were few and far between. Very few and far between. Now it's like the entire team yeah. won't go. Yeah. And the Golden State Warriors famously didn't would go. not go see Trump. You know, I can understand. You don't have to go. You don't have to make it a a big deal. However, the idea that you can interact with people across party lines in normal conversation, like that's not, that has nothing to do with politics. That's just a normal human way of dealing with life. Yeah. Yeah. That's not supposed to be controversial. (laughs) You do realize that when you walk into Starbucks and you buy a cup of coffee or you go to McDonald's, yeah, there's a 50-50 shot. You're dealing with someone who doesn't agree with you politically. And I, you know, I I don't need every interaction I have in my life to be with someone I dis, I agree with on every topic. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> Nor do I want it to be honest. And I don't honestly more than that, I don't want to even know. I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you what you believe. I, you know, I'm going to obviously fight for what I believe is right, but this idea that you like, you know, Ellen dealt with this a few weeks ago. Where Ellen was sitting with George uh, w bush and they're friends and they're friends you know and i you know are they friendly they, they, they're friendly right i mean i'm yeah. sure they're not hanging out every day <laughs> but they can't even interact in a positive way i mean it's crazy ellen does Ridiculous. more for the democratic position when she does something like that 
than any crazy activist does yep. because she shows she's a normal person. She shows that she is willing to to talk to someone she disagrees with, and that makes Republicans, conservatives mm-hmm. like her more. Yeah, you know, it Absolutely. means maybe they're going to be more interested in one of her, when she does make a point about liberal politics on her show. Maybe more conservatives might listen to it and consider it. They might not like it, they mm-hmm. might not agree, but at least it'll be part of of the conversation. And with Vince Vaughn last night, it's not like he was at a fundraiser with Trump, <laughs> right. Or for Trump or for the Republican Party. He's at the national championship football game. Yeah. And and Trump happens to be sitting next to him. I mean, it's not like he went there specifically to see uh, Donald Trump or support Donald Trump. And the fact that, you know, he was pictured talking with him and you're not, I guess you're not supposed to even acknowledge he's alive. Yeah. It's just, it's gotten so ridiculous in this country. Where does that end? It can't end in a good place. If we keep this up. If we keep insisting that uh, you can't even talk to Donald Trump or people who support him, or you're a racist, you can't even be near them. You can't touch them. You can't talk about them in a decent way. I mean, I don't know where that ends up, but it can't be in a good place. <laughs> doesn't seem like it would be. No, but it doesn't. goes back to I think what we we discussed last hour, which is the design of of this approach is not necessarily. Um, different than when we talk about how uh you know uh, the the left can can get away with a blackface scandal like a uh, trudeau or northam but someone on the right who, who would do it would obviously be thrown out of society immediately and it's not about whether you wear blackface or not or whether you are republican or conservative per se it, it's about ostracizing anyone who would even be mildly friendly to one of these people. So what do you mm-hmm. do if you're in Hollywood? Now, Vince Vaughn is Vince freaking Vaughn. Vince freaking Vaughn can do whatever he wants, right? Like, he is a huge star. He's, I mean, he's been making cl- critically acclaimed movies over the past few years, uh, Dragged Across Concrete being one of them, um, that have been really well-received and have done uh, really well with critics. Um, he hasn't been making as many of sort of the old school Vince Vaughn comedies lately, but the guy is, still has a really good career and honestly can kind of do what he what he wants. He's able to survive these things. But if you're a young actor and you're coming up and you want to be the next uh, Vince Vaughn, you want to be the next Chris Pratt, you want to be the next big star, you know, you're not going to talk about these things publicly. You're not going to go mm-hmm. say hello to Donald Trump at the football game and shake his hand and be respectful because you know it might destroy your career. And that's the message that is being sent here. The message being sent is you are not acceptable in society if you interact with the president of the United States in a normal human way. Not out there raising $50 million for the guy, but shaking his hand and being polite to his wife. That is now off limits. Mm-hmm. And that message is being being sent. It was sent as well as we saw. We did a, a few stories about this last year. Um, with uh, with the book about um, uh, Oculus Rift, the guy who, uh, you know, guy in a, in a trailer, creates this amazing virtual reality technology, gets to the point where Facebook buys it for multiple billions of dollars. He is spotted at one Trump fundraiser, and they destroy him. They fire him. He gets thrown out of, uh, out of the... Out of the he has to release a statement lying about the candidate he voted for. I mean, all of these crazy things happened. It was in Blake uh, Harris's book. Uh, it's worth going back and reading. 
A fascinating wow. thing. And it's, it's tossing people out of society despite their accomplishments because they have moderately pleasant interactions with a person. <laughs> like, that's what we used to freaking cheer on. There was a time where you say, okay, look, I know you disagree with that guy, but that's great that you guys are still friends and you still talk to, the, to them about these things. Now that is like uh, something that gets you thrown out of polite society. And it's something where yep. if you are coming up uh, in technology or entertainment or one of these big fields, you're going to hesitate being honest about who you are, which is the exact opposite of what Hollywood says they want. They kept saying, oh, they're going to keep everybody in the closet and they want to put, you know, scared communists, uh, the Red Scare and all these things. Well, what is it now? You have organizations that are basically like AA for conservatives in Los Angeles so they can talk to someone openly. Mm-hmm. This is not a healthy environment. How often did Chris Matthews talk about Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill? Over and over and over. They disagreed politically, but then they'd have the dinner and drinks together. I mean, we heard that a billion times. You you can't do that now. I mean, now that's that's not acceptable, I guess. It's only good when the conservative, when this is utilized for a conservative to abandon their principles and support some liberal policy. Exactly. Then it's great. Yeah. You know, oh, wow, like this senator has decided to vote for socialized medicine after he went out to, you know, this happened with Orrin Hatch a lot uh, back when he was senator. This was like, this is, this is, with Kennedy. This is actually uh, uh, copywritten as, as you have to write a C after it. It's the Orrin Hatch. And Hatch would go out with Kennedy and they'd come up with some, you know, left, you know, left wing philosophy on education Mm -hmm. that Hatch would be the main quote unquote conservative voice to stand up for. And everyone mm-hmm. on MSNBC would say, this is bipartisan. They went out to dinner, I assume with Hatch, not drinks, but went out to dinner and said, hey, we're going to, you know what? The thing I've been supposedly standing for and everybody in Utah voted for me. Uh, I'm be- not for that I'm anymore. I'm not for that. I believe the opposite. <laughs> I believe what Ted Kennedy said because those ribs were tasty. Uh, that is not a good way to run a country. No, However, really being friendly with someone is fine. Yeah. You could be friendly with them. You just don't abandon your principles just because you're friendly with them. That's a trick that many in Washington can't seem to uh, to master. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More coming up in sixty seconds. Uh, this is interesting. Apparently, the House is preparing a likely vote tomorrow to transmit the articles of impeachment to the Senate. Now, didn't they already? They voted on the articles of impe- impeachment. Don't you just send them to the Senate now? They got to vote. Now they're going to vote mm-hmm. to whether they're wh- about whether or not they're going to send them to the Senate, and then they got to vote on whether they should vote. <laughs> uh, then they'll vote on the retroactive vote, uh, and then also- they'll vote on if if they vote to send them to the Senate. When should we send them to the Senate? And then they'll we'll have a vote on that, and then they'll vote on the, whether they have a quorum, because um, they got to have a quorum call. There's always a good quorum call mixed in one of these big okay. dramas. Yeah. That's the biggest yeah. moment. It's, it's why uh, the first Star Wars was so successful, because they really went through the parliamentary process uh, in that first one, the, the prequel. Yeah. When they were just like, hey, let's talk about trade policy for about 40 minutes of this movie. And everyone was like, that's almost too sexy. <laughs> you know, well, I want more trade federation talk. Yeah. That's what yeah. I need. Yeah. The trade federation talk was... Definitely sexy. In that movie. <laughs> it really was, yeah. and you know that's why people were yeah. so annoyed at Jar Jar Binks. We need more Trade Federation talk. There's actually an edit. This is totally off the subject, but there's an edit online of Star Wars of uh-huh. just the Trade Federation talk. Like, really? It's like the Trade Federation edit, and it's just just to show you how much horrible trade talk there was in that movie. There's a lot in the Phantom Menace. 
Um, so hmm. it's interesting they have, uh, they're right, they're going over, uh, Trump is obviously now, he's been impeached. They have to come to the situation where they name the House managers. It's another big part of this. Uh, they're going to, and that's going to, they're going to bring the uh, articles of impeachment over. Then you have the trial preparation. Um, they're trying to get, they think they're going to do this trial in like a week. Now, I believe the Clinton one was a month. So they're really cutting this short. They want to, you know, both sides, it seems like, want this over with. The Democrats are proposing, they, you know, they're, they're acting as if they want all these witnesses. And, and in reality, I think they want it over with, too. They got a bunch of candidates. They who know they there. lost. Yeah, they know they lost. They want this over with. This is an embarrassment. Yeah. And this is a massive failure and be, will, will be one of the things Nancy Pelosi's legacy is remembered for, a massive failure when it comes to this. Yes, she got the she got the the word impeachment associated with this president, but this is obviously going to fail. There's never been a point where people in the middle considered their argument on this. Um, it's never been one of those situations where you had you know the Susan Collins out there saying, you know what, I might vote for this. This seems very serious. You get you know a little bit of lip service occasionally, but no one crossing the aisle. No, they real... tried to make us think that maybe Mitt Romney would, maybe Susan yeah. Collins would, but that maybe Lisa Murkowski would. But really, I don't think there was any danger of any of them. Yeah, I, voting I, for impeachment or for conviction. It's it's not impossible. You'll see a, a moderate or two switch. It's it's not impossible. However, you know, th- with Clinton, there was a period in which the, there was an honest question as to whether. These serious allegations would would motivate some Democrats enough to maybe make a difference uh, to actually, you know, stand up and say, you know, no more of this. We're impeaching and we're going to remove mm-hmm. this guy from office. There's never been that hint here. I mean, it's just it, it, they have not produced nearly enough evidence. They, they, they themselves say the big problem is they need more evidence. Well, if you had a good case, why would you need John Bolton to testify? You've, you've already made yeah. your case, right? Right. But I mean, you know, this is the this is the convenience of being on the left. You don't have to answer these questions. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, big big debate tonight, uh, featuring the six candidates who qualified uh, for the debate tonight. Uh, not all six have really equal shot at uh, at winning this nomination. Um, some, in fact. I and mean, might as well just get out of it now and stop wasting money. I mean, there's Amy Klobuchar. I'm a little surprised she's still in this thing. Although, was she at 15% in Iowa? No, she, she's, in a I've seen her poll? 8 and 10% here and there. Uh, Tom Steyer got 15% Steyer, yeah. in, in, uh, in South, South Carolina, Carolina, which is was odd. And I believe hit 12 wow. in Nevada. Um, and, and, you know, I was in Nevada over uh, Christmas break and everywhere i mean tom steyer's face is everywhere he's he's buying every billboard it's like it's either it's either massage parlor naked ladies tom steyer and i associate the two because of the sexiness of tom steyer oh yeah it's just hard to these super the, sexy just the overflowing sexiness uh-huh. the utter sexuality of a Tom Steyer, it's almost difficult to ignore. <clears throat> yeah, uh, but he's everywhere there, and it's funny to see this because Steyer is trying something really that's never quite been done, which is dump money as a billionaire into early states and take yourself from no one knows who you are to absolute, every, you know, just you blanket a state and then try to build yourself into a personality that uh, people will vote for. And he started this, and he got down this road, and he spent $70 million, and then Michael Bloomberg was like, was like well, I'm a much better billionaire than you. Why don't I just do this better? <laughs> so now Bloomberg has, has spent, yeah. it looks like he, by the time Super Tuesday rolls around, 
Michael Bloomberg will have spent a quarter of a billion dollars of his own money on ads. Wow. You, you saw them in the national championship game probably last night. Several, yeah. Several. Yeah. Um, it, it could be more than this. It could be almost a half a billion dollars. Uh, and all on Super Tuesday states, which is really fascinating because he is running in states essentially unopposed. These Super Tuesday states, none of the candidates are, they're all focusing on the early states. So he's just like, "Ah, I'll just wait. So he's blanketing and he's, he is rising in the polls and he's doing, um, you know, he's been hitting 8%, 10% in some of these early polls in these states. And he's up to five or 6% nationally. So he's kind of doing the Rudy Giuliani trick, uh, whatever that was, was it 2012 or 2008? I believe. Yes. Where he waited till Florida, but he didn't spend all the money that uh bloomberg is spending right now no i mean that, and that's so the that key. was his big mistake by the time it got to florida and he was waiting for everybody it was over he was done yeah nobody cared about him and and because of that he has such a unique path right? yeah i mean yeah. you're right with giuliani it was you know oh look all these new yorkers moved down to florida they love rudy he'll be able to win did not work Mm-mm. now bloomberg is is facing something and his path is different where he's rooting for sp- there not to be um a the worst thing that can happen for Bloomberg is Biden wins the first four states because if Biden is there and he's the obvious front runner Bloomberg's toast mm-hmm. however if one of other, two other things happen he's got uh, he's got an argument one being there's a big, big split Buttigieg wins um uh let's say Buttigieg wins Iowa uh um Sanders wins New Hampshire um, Warren wins Nevada and Biden wins South Carolina. All four of those are very possible. Very possible. Now, the dynamics change. If Buttigieg wins Iowa, does he win also New Hampshire? I mean, there's a good argument to be made that that momentum will help him. But if those four split up, then Bloomberg comes in essentially as the guy to say, look, this is a mess. I'm going to win these other states and, and, and insert myself into this conversation. The other one is a dominant performance by one of the liberals. So let's say Sanders wins Iowa, then Sanders goes back-to-back and wins New Hampshire, which if he wins Iowa, he's got a really good chance of winning New Hampshire. That's possible, too. Yeah, he wins those two, which, by the way, he's leading in many polls in both of those states. If he wins those two in a row, very good chance he wins Nevada as well. Mm -hmm. So he goes three for three. No candidate has ever won uh, the first three states and then lost. Uh, 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 The last one who did this was um, Al Gore. Al Gore in 2000 won the first three states, and when he won the first three states as a non-incumbent, um, he went on to win every primary. Now, obviously, someone like Barack Obama, who was already president, is a different story. But when you have a non-incumbent, it's not as easy to do this. So if Sanders wins the first three states, good chance he, he also wins South Carolina. You know, who knows? Biden could be destroyed by that point. Then you have, you have to ask the Democratic Party, do you, want, do you really want Bernie freaking Sanders to be your nominee? Because if you want an avowed socialist mm. as your nominee, you can have him. He's way ahead. But you know who else is there? Michael Bloomberg with his billion dollars. And he can, he, you're not going to have to worry about fundraising. You're not going to have to worry about any of that stuff. He's going bl- to pay for all of it himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're, you might not like Bloomberg, but you know what? He's super liberal on guns. He's super liberal on climate change. He's super liberal on almost everything, with the exception of some business issues. Can you deal with that so you don't get Bernie Sanders? But he's, is he universal health care as well? I don't know if I've heard his health care uh, plan. You know, that's a good, I, 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 I think he is. I, I think don't think he he's Medicare too. for all, though. He's not like a full-fledged Medicare for all. He's more, a more Buttigieg approach, uh, Medicare for those who want it, as they say. 
In other words, the public option. So you option, could still keep, supposedly, mm-hmm. like they lied yep. to us before, if you like your health care, you can keep your health care. Until we take it away. Yeah. That's the uh, full the yeah. full sentence that got uh, muddled a little bit uh, <laughs> yeah, a little behind bit the, the applause. Uh, it was always behind the scenes. Yeah, I think I believe that's uh-huh. where he is. We can, we can confirm that uh, 100% to make sure. But he's not. Look, Bloomberg is running overtly as a supposed moderate. Which is hilarious when you see him. No, he is he's not moderate. He is as extreme as anybody. Yep. Probably, uh, in, in all honesty, more extreme probably on more some extreme things. than Bernie Sanders on guns. That is, that is. Oh, no, probably about it. Bernie actually supported the Second Amendment. He had his time. I mean, he's from Vermont, and yeah. he had his time where he was like, "Yeah, maybe people in rural communities." Now he denies a lot of that now, and he's he's distanced Although himself. He was just asked hmm. about confiscation. He said, "Absolutely not. Yeah, he's it's not, not there. constitutional." That's crazy because I mean, yeah. Bloomberg is there. Yes. Bloomberg, with the exception of his security personnel, does not want anyone to have a gun. Right. Uh, now, his security personnel, totally different story. And he'll certainly use guns to come in to make sure that your SUV is not operating on gasoline. That's coming in a, in a future Bloomberg administration for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there is an argument there for Bloomberg. Steyer is a tougher case. I mean, Steyer would have to somehow win a couple of these early states and then become... The only liberal standing. So if you look at this as a situation where, let's say Biden um, is doing very well, there's no liberals left. Biden is is cruising and, and Steyer can win a couple states. Maybe Steyer can make the argument, look, I've got a lot of money. I can fund this thing myself. You know, mm-hmm. stick with me. I don't think there's a real Steyer argument, though. I mean, the Steyer thing, he's so bad as a candidate. He's so boring. It's just hard to imagine him catching fire. Well, Bloomberg is at least a character. I, mean, I think he's a jerk in every way known. He wants to take mm-hmm. away my freaking soda and my straws, and I cannot think of anything more offensive to my soul than going after my soda. He he even tried to take away your salt yeah. in New York. Yep. And he did take away our walking spaces. I know that. Oh, he yeah. closed off all kinds of streets where you can't drive anymore <clears throat> and actually made them walking spaces, made them plazas. Yeah. I mean, it just made things tougher to get around and navigate one of the big things he tried to do in new york too was to to have this big commuter tax where you'd pay huge amounts of money to right. drive into the city as you remember pat of course mm, you I were do. driving in the city every day it was mm-hmm. already really freaking expensive to park your car uh, and paying tolls he wanted to you know to make that much much higher think of what he would do to the yes. national capital yeah. i mean as a president i mean think so yeah. think of the things he would push through there that would be uh I mean, D.C. would be a, even more of a mess than it is. He's totally fine with controlling your life, with with telling you what you can and can't do, what you can and can't eat, mm-hmm. what you can and can't have, because he knows better than you. Yep. He honestly believes he knows better than you, that that there are people, and he's one of them, who are just way smarter than you are, and they know how you should live your lives. Yeah. And that's, how, that's what he believes. Yeah, it's interesting, especially if you've been listening to this show for a long time and listening to Glenn talk about early 20th century progressivism and Woodrow Wilson and how that all developed. And if you listen to this show for more than five minutes, how could you have missed it? I mean, mm-hmm. is there a been a five-minute period on this program where Glenn has not mentioned Woodrow Wilson? <laughs> uh, I mean, five consecutive minutes. Without no. Woodrow Wilson. No, there has not. Has not been in no. the history of the show. Right. Uh, but if you know that, there's two candidates I think I like uh, personify that Woodrow Wilson philosophy better than anyone else. Elizabeth Warren is one of them, and Michael Bloomberg is the other. And people yeah. who, are, who absolutely believe they know better than you how to live your life. 
Now, of course, there's elements in every single one of these candidates of, of this philosophy. But I mean, Bloomberg is maybe the most pure example because, he, I mean, all the way down to running massive campaigns to take away larger soda cups so he can manipulate the amount of calories that you're eating. Uh, you know, getting rid of straws, getting rid of, as you point out, he wanted to get rid of table salt. I mean, <laughs> uh, think of this. He wanted to ban salt yeah. from your restaurant experience. There was another thing he was talking about recently where um, he wanted he wanted the poor to stay poor or pay higher taxes. Yeah. So that so that they didn't have enough money to hurt themselves with. Right. They would buy because if they have too much money, they'll go out to They're eat. They're going to go buy bad things yep. and put into their body. Yep. So then they can't buy drugs. They I mean, can't that's buy alcohol. Incredible. Oh, and that is progressivism in a nutshell that's right incredible. there. It's the other side Jeez. of the coin from a Warren who wouldn't say something like that, but still thinks it. Yeah. You know, a lot of her policies yes. lead to the same exact things. And it's one of the reasons conveniently Medicare for all will raise taxes on the poor and the middle class. Uh, I mean, Bernie admits it. Warren doesn't quite admit it, but it's obviously true. And she even gets beat up by the left on, on her denial of these claims. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, 538.com released their model of of the uh, entire primary. Uh, to, again, like people like to beat up on polls, but you look at the accuracy of of the poll. I mean, you know, the national election they project they projected it almost exactly as far as the popular vote was, which is what they were projecting. Some of the states they missed on, um, and a lot of these forecasters did miss on that. But the idea that uh, that polls are worthless is largely a myth. I mean, it, it, you know, this, it, polls got about 45, 46 states right. Um, the, the popular vote, they got it right. You know, Donald Trump surprised in certain areas in, uh, you know, to, to a point of all reporting shows that even their internal uh, polling uh, showed that they were not going to win some of those races. And they did. So it's not always perfect, but it does give you a good uh, idea. This is really imperfect, though, because the polling in primaries and caucuses is much less reliable than general election polling uh it's harder to do especially a caucus i mean the, the, what goes on in iowa where everyone's in a room trying to convince each other is such a different process you, it's really hard to do that and then everything has an effect on everything that comes after it so it, it, you know in iowa you might say okay joe biden's got a 30 percent chance to win iowa well if he wins uh, iowa his chances might go from 20% in New Hampshire to 40% in New Hampshire. Everything, whatever happens in Iowa is going to affect all these other races. So to try to project all of these things in a row is basically an impossible task. And you should know going in that these things can't be perfect, but it is an interesting effort. They say Joe Biden has a 38% chance right now to win the majority of delegates for the Democrats. And 38% chance of winning hmm. is obviously he's the favorite by a, a pretty wide margin. On the other hand, there's a 62% chance he doesn't win. So there's a there's hmm. a much better chance that he does not win uh, the majority of delegates than, than he does, which is a, is a way that you have to kind of think about this. This is a race that's really up in the air. Uh, Sanders, 23%. Warren, 13% chance of winning the majority of dele delegates. Buttigieg, 10%. All others, um, with the exception of uh, all others, is you know about one percent chance of so people like Bloomberg and down the you know Klobuchar. Uh, the one that's really interesting though is they say there's a fifteen percent chance no one wins the majority of delegates, which means you're probably going to have a contested, uh, a contested uh, convention. Convention, yeah. A fifteen percent chance they project wow. right now, which is significant. Yeah. All right. Uh, more coming up. 
888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn today. Glenn is uh, out. He's having uh, he's uh, with his daughter who is having uh, brain surgery today. And uh, we have him in our prayers. I-, I hate to say this. Our thoughts and prayers are with Glenn today. Oh, wow. Which is one of the, the worst things you can say. Because mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. thinking or praying for someone, that means you're a bad person, as we've learned from the uh, media. It does. Uh-huh. It does. That means you don't care. Because that means you're not actually conducting the surgery. Right. Why am or I not? You're not doing why? anything. Yeah. I you're not a, doing I, anything. I don't even have a scalpel right? of my own. No, you don't. No. That's because I don't care. Uh, you don't care. But my thoughts and prayers are there. And what mm-hmm. are prayers to a Christian? <laughs> I mean, that means almost nothing, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, we're, we're sending the most meaningful thing we believe in our, in our deeply held faith. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, that we need more than that is what every Democratic candidate says, which is so nice after every single uh, event. Yeah. Um, but uh, he is uh, he'll be uh, uh, back tomorrow. He's just out uh, with her today. She goes through uh, a planned but serious uh, surgery. So we're, mm-hmm. we are, you know, Mary is in, in our thoughts and prayers today. As is Jeffy, who's in the hospital again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some kind of upper GI thing going on. Yeah. Just one thing. If you do visit him in the hospital, don't bring holy water because it will burn him. (laughs) That's... If holy water gets near him. We've seen this. I mean, it just... just, Mm -hmm. Happened last time he was in the hospital. It sears the skin. That's not good. Sadly. Yeah. You're listening to Glenn Beck.